Welcome to a special stargazing road trip edition of California Now, a podcast produced by Visit California. I'm Satirius Johnson. The Golden State is the ultimate destination for road trippers, and I always love a good adventure, so I'm going to get out of the recording studio in search of dark, starry, sparkling skies. I'll start with Steve Snyder, president and CEO of San Diego's Fleet Science Center. That's what's so wonderful about astronomy, right? This is the wonder of the universe, and it's right there for anyone to see at any time. Forget Star Trek, forget Star Wars, it's right there. Right there from, you know, at your backyard. And from there, I'll meet up with Dennis Mamana for a tour of the night sky in a place where darkness itself is protected as a precious resource. We are completely surrounded by the Anza Borrego Desert State Park. We have a very, very dark sky. So we are the only international dark sky community in California. And we'll make plenty more stops along the way. It's a SoCal stargazing road trip on California Now. I'm Satirius Johnson. Welcome to our special road trip edition of California Now. In past episodes, we've introduced you to some amazing experts and insiders who've shared their knowledge and love of California. But for the next two podcast episodes, I'll step out of the studio and onto the road. There's no better way to explore California than by car, wherever you're coming from. This adventure, my California SoCal stargazing road trip, starts at the San Diego airport. You know, there's this amazingly beautiful and gleaming and new rental car facility. It's got all the different rental car companies here. It kind of looks like a futuristic airport terminal. Um, There's an espresso bar outside and we've got uh, shuttle buses dropping people off. It just looks like it's going to be a really uh, cool experience. I'm greeted at the Enterprise counter by manager Anahita Hagigi. Hi, Anahita. It's Satirius. Nice, nice to, to meet, meet you. you. Welcome to Enterprise. Thank you so much. So, so I'm planning this really great, I'm going to go on this great stargazing tour. So I'm trying to find the perfect ride. I know, you know, usually when I rent a car, I'll just go with, you know, whatever is a good fit for just, you know, tootling around town. But I feel like this is kind of a special trip. I want to get a, the, the perfect ride for it. So I was wondering, I saw you have a sign there that says, you know, ask us about your exotic vehicles. I thought maybe... Can you show me what is available? And then we can try to find what the perfect car for a Stargazer trip would be. Definitely. We have a bunch of um, options available in all shapes and sizes and everything, from a high-end to a big SUV. So if you guys want to come with me upstairs, I can show you all the vehicles. That sounds great. All right, so can you show us one of these uh, exotic cars? Which one do you, which one do you think uh, we should take a look at? Um, one of my personal favorites, I would take the BMW 7 Series. So it has the massaging chairs oh in boy. the car. <laughs> <laughs> you can control the volume and changing the radio and everything just with hand motions. So you just wave your hand at the steering wheel or something? Or? Yeah, and the okay. volume would go up, That's volume would go down. You could go to the next song. Wow. Yeah, and it's got plenty of space. It's one of the largest sedans that we carry too. Well, you know, this is a really gorgeous car, and I, I'm sure I'd love driving it on the freeways around here. Um, but, you know, we're going to be doing stargazing. We're going to go out to the desert. And so maybe something a little more uh, four-wheel drive, something, you know, definitely with maybe a moonroof. And um, what, what else do you have? Let me show you all the options. we got a bunch. So I'm kind of liking the, the Volkswagen Tiguan. It looks like it's the right size. It's got a moonroof. Um, so let's let's take a closer look. Yeah, let me give you a tour. Okay. Um, anytime you always come into the enterprise, rent a car. I always recommend asking the representative. The features were really well versed on the car. 
Um, and a lot of times we can show you things that you may not realize are actually in the car. Right, okay. Yeah. I'd love to see some of the features. Do you want to yeah. hop on in? I'll yep. hop in the car. Okay. That's great. We have our moon roof. Yep. And it's actually, it's a, a very suntan. very spacious car. Yeah, a little suntan. And so uh, it's, even larger. yeah, oh yeah, look at that. It goes all the way back to the rear seats. And um, this is a great size because it's big on the inside, but it doesn't feel like too bulky. Easy to park higher up off the road so you know you're driving in a safe vehicle. I like it. I mm -hmm. think this is going to be our car. Awesome. Let's get all your paperwork done and we'll get you taken care of. Great. My goal this trip is to experience some of the darkest skies in California, places where the stars are not obscured by city lights. And so my plan is to head northeast from San Diego through the beautiful mountain town of Julian and then down into Anza Borrego Desert State Park before continuing on to 29 Palms. But before I leave San Diego, I have a chance to meet with Steve Snyder, president and CEO of the Fleet Science Center. So I'm starting my, my stargazing road trip in the middle of a big city right now, in the middle of a bright sunny day. And the reason I'm doing that is because we are at the Fleet Science Center uh, in the middle of Balboa Park in San Diego. Um, the Fleet Science Center is this amazing planetarium and interactive uh, science museum. And I'm lucky enough to be able to speak to the president of the museum, Dr. Steve Snyder, who is also a physicist. So thank you so much for uh, making the time to talk to me today. Oh, no, absolutely. Glad to, glad to give the chance to chat. So tell me a little bit about stargazing in California. So what makes it so great? And, you know, I'm heading out to Borrego Springs. Uh, have you been there? And uh, what can I expect? Well, the great thing about this is, you know, California and great weather. Well, we're in Southern California. We're in San Diego, right, where it is clear most nights, right? You're not worried about, boy, am I going to get a clear night? It's a question of, boy, what's that strange thing in the sky? Hmm. Oh, I think they call it clouds other places, right? <laughs> but not here. That's, that's really one of the great things about it. The other beautiful thing is, obviously, when you get to the desert, is the air gets more still, gets more dry, which helps with the visibility. Um, so really great things in that way uh, in terms of great dark sky. But the other thing about San Diego is, you know, from the Fleet Science Center here downtown or even downtown, you can go outside and see wonderful things. Right. You know, if you're a purist, you want to go to as dark a sky as possible. But I think that's something most people forget. I, you know, most of the reality is most people don't bother to even tilt their head back and look up at the sky. And every night, pretty much anywhere you are, if it's a clear sky, you can see something and realize what you're looking at. Uh, and I think that's, the, that's what's so wonderful about astronomy, right? This is the wonder of the universe, and it's right there for anyone to see at any time. Just tilt your head back and, you know, forget Star Trek, forget Star Wars. It's right there, right there from, you know, at your backyard. So you mentioned Star Wars, and it is actually we're recording today on May 4th, which is May the 4th be with you. And I understand that is actually an official California state holiday. Is that right? <laughs> Well, certainly it is here at the fleet. Um, I, I, I passed on my Jedi robes for the day. Uh, normally I would be wearing them, but, uh, but my son hasn't. So <laughs> That's great. Um, so I, I, it's a new moon tonight, and I, yeah, meaning that there's, like, there's no, it's like the opposite of a full moon. So it'll be the darker, even darker. So that's a good thing for us, right? I mean, oh, yeah, absolutely. So the moon is, of course, a wonderful thing to look at all the time. But again, when the moon is, when you have less moon visible, uh, the moon obviously does add extra light and washes some of the things out. And so with a, a new moon or a smaller moon, uh, 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 you definitely get a, a lot more visibility. The other nice thing is if you've got a very young moon um, and you're looking at it through a telescope, it, that's fantastic too because you get to see the shadows. You get to see the shadow of the sun and it creates great uh, contrast and the, the, the peaks and the craters of the moon become that much more visible through mm -hmm. a telescope. So it's really cool. If you do see a slim moon out there, definitely take a look at it. 
So what is there at the museum going on right now, whether it's a presentation or, or an exhibit that can kind of set me on the road, launch me into my stargazing tour to kind of set me up? Well, one of the most exciting things we've seen lately, right, was the new images of the black hole. Like the first image of the black hole, incredible, incredible images. We actually have a device called Gravity Well down there, which is really a model of a black hole, or how it actually works, what actually goes on there, that you play with yourself. Now, you don't get sucked all the way in, because we want you to stick around. <laughs> you got to visit the gift shop at the end. Um, but it is a great model to get a picture of what this really is that can go with the pictures we now actually have. That's great. Well, can we go check it out? Let's do it. All right. All right, so we made it over to the gravity well, which is this big, round, it almost looks like a um, funnel, almost, right? Uh, and with, we've got some kids throwing marbles down it, kind of watching the marbles spiral down, uh, representing what would happen to some, like anything getting near a black hole, I'm guessing, right? All right, and so really, it's, it's, this is a model of gravity. So gravity is caused by mass. Uh, and mass actually changing the fabric of space-time. So when you've got something in mass like a planet, it actually bends space-time into this funnel, this funnel shape. And the re what happens is when anything travels, it would travel in a straight line, kind of like a marble would go, except you kind of see it gets pulled into the circular motion by the twist of the fabric of space-time. In a black hole, it's so deep that once you get to a certain point, there's no coming out. Right. right? That's sort of what this model is. So you can see it kind of makes these patterns. And as it loses energy, it slowly makes its way in, and it ain't coming back out. Our detour to that virtual black hole certainly put things into context for me, and I parted ways with Dr. Snyder feeling more excited than ever to set out for the desert. After my visit to the Fleet Science Center, I feel confident that I have the information and the inspiration I need to have a special night under the stars. The tank is full in my rental car, but my own personal tank is running on empty, so I'm going to grab a bite to eat with Joe Franco. She's the co-creator and on-camera host of the travel brand Shut Up and Go, and we're going to do a little taste test of a San Diego staple, rolled tacos with guacamole. So we're in San Diego right now. We are at Roberto's Taco Shop, number 10, and Roberto's is the uh, quintessential rolled taco shop of San Diego. There's a few of them around. It's not just one. And the classic San Diego rolled taco is basically it's a rolled taco that is deep fried and uh, covered with guacamole. So I'm excited to try it. Now, Joe, have you ever tried one of these before? No, but it does look like a taquito and I love those. So <laughs> I'm excited. All right. Well, let's go over to the window and uh, see if we can get a couple or a few. Okay. All right. I need at least, at least two. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Comes in a nice white bag. I see two little trays in here covered in foil. And some hot sauce. I don't do hot sauce. I do okay. hot sauce. Well, I could do some hot sauce. Okay. I feel like if we're eating Mexican, you gotta do at least a little dip. You know? <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> I will just start turning red and sweating. Okay. Definitely quick grab and go food. Yeah. This is like for your hunger convenience. Yes. Alright, let's unwrap it and see what we got. Nice. All right, so Ooh. we have like three, we each get three rolled tacos. They look extra crispy, freshly yeah, fried. Yeah, deep fried, smothered in beautiful guacamole. And Patted down with some cheese. cheese. Yeah, <laughs> grated cheese. All right, let's see here. Cheers. Cheers. To the San Diego yeah, exactly. Roberto's. Uh -huh. <laughs> We're taking too long. We need to make mm. us 
Did you hear that crunch? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's delicious. It's hot. Mm -hmm. mm. Thank you. No, this is great. I just love California's take on all Mexican food because it is a perfect blend of cultures. Like every time I come here, I eat the best burritos and now the best tacos. Mm -hmm. This is great. It really is. Do you know why these are original here in San Diego? Are somehow, they? I, I, somehow, the Mexican tradition of the taco got a local San Diego spin, and this is what it is. It's the rolled one, deep fried, covered in guac. That's it's convenient, because you know how normal tacos, you need to actually sit down and like position yourself correctly so nothing falls out? Right. This one doesn't have that risk. Exactly, yep. Well, you know, Joe Franco, um, I'm so happy to be sharing these rolled tacos with you because you have been around the world, you've been everywhere, trying to find really what's happening and the best places to go right now. Um, so I, I'd like to hear from you what you do and, and why you do it. Okay, well, I do a lot of traveling off the beaten path. So I think my take on travel is going everywhere where you're not expected to be. And that's why I love learning the languages because that means that I'll get to know where the locals right. really eat and what they really do and how they feel. So what I do is more or less like travel sociology. I'm like researching and then I kind of make videos and package them up and put them on YouTube for the world to get a new perspective on travel because it's not just glitz and glam. It's a lot of just like really real human, great, funny experiences. Right. Um, and this is local. Like, so we're not like in the glitzy part of San Diego necessarily. We're on El Cajon Boulevard and Idaho Street. So we're kind of like away from the city center. And this is like where real people live and real people eat. Yeah. I just think it tells the story of of culture. It's it's better than going to a packaged experience, you know? It's like and it leaves room for experience. Like I didn't know that this would be a taquito. I thought it would be a taco. But right. here we are right. having something unexpected that is delicious. <laughs> As you crunch into mm -hmm. another one. Yep, me too. Wait, <laughs> so what else do you have planned for the rest of the day? So our plan is we're going to hit Julian, California, and then from there we're going to go to Borrego Springs, which we will get set up to do a, this really cool stargazing tour in the middle of the desert. Okay, so, I'm really so looking you're forward going to that inland. Too. Inland, exactly. So do you think there'll be tacos on the way? I have a feeling there'll probably be tacos everywhere, but I'm not sure if they'll be as good as Roberto's in San Diego. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I ate all of mine. I'm, still, I'm a slow eater. I, I still have one have to go. I might have to take yours. Okay, I'll share. I'm willing to share. <laughs> get some for the road. Okay, I might get yeah. hungry, just in case. <laughs> Now, it really is time to leave San Diego. It's just 60 miles to the picturesque town of Julian on State Highway 79, and it is a breathtaking drive. There are more adventures to come. You're listening to the California Now podcast. San Diego is a really big city. The population is right around 1.4 million. But as you head east on I-8, you get into the country quickly. Turning off the interstate put me on 79 North, a smallish two-lane highway, one lane each direction. It's very curvy with lots of hills, and there's beautiful greenery on either side. I spotted a red-tailed hawk as I passed Cuyamaca Rancho State Park. And the road is surrounded by enormous, otherworldly rock formations. It's, it's really pretty, and with the curves, it makes for a fun drive. I'll be staying in Borrego Springs tonight, but I wanted to stop in at a bed and breakfast in Julian that's famous among astronomy buffs, the Observer's Inn. It's run by Mike Lee. 
Are you Mike? I am. Welcome oh. to Observer's Inn. Thanks. Nice to meet you. I'm Satirius. Thank you. Very glad to be Thank here. Thank you for coming. So this is a really great, you have like a bed and breakfast here with uh, an observatory in the back, I'm guessing? Exactly. It's an inn where people can stay, uh, come down to the observatory at night, enjoy seeing things they've never seen before. It's a great experience. And then you don't have to sleep out with the scorpions and rattlesnakes. <laughs> you can come to a great place. It's a nice experience, a nice family experience. That's great. Can we take a look inside? Sure, let's go. Wow, very, very uh, homey. Thank you. Yeah, it's very nice. It's meant to be that way. We have a sitting area here where you can eat, uh, play games, um, enjoy Wi-Fi, um, a kitchen area. I notice a lot of the artwork around here is also space related. There's a painting of a spiral galaxy, and that's not a painting. It's I'm not a glad painting. you said that. Oh, it looks like a painting. It is that phenomenal? It's a, an image from Hubble, a 94 and a half inch telescope above our atmosphere, and uh, it is a galaxy called the Whirlpool Galaxy, Messier 51. It's right around 30 million light years away, so that means the image that we're seeing there was what it looked like about halfway back to the time dinosaurs walked on Earth. Mm. Amazing. That's and great. And think about that. I call that a, a, a photon fix. Um, it's legal, and I can be your supplier. So when you're <laughs> looking through a telescope, you're actually absorbing photons into your body that left there maybe millions or billions of years. Something tangible actually touches your body, your right. eyes. Particles from Particles. that far away, that long ago hitting your eyeball. Exactly. It sounds like a movie, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. So uh, can we check out the observatory now? Certainly. All right, let's do it. Let's go look down at, let's walk down to the observatory. That's a short, maybe 200 foot walk. I've actually carried people 94 years old down on my back. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'll, I'll do just about anything to help somebody that's, see. That's great. That's really great. So we're in Julian, California right now, the town of Julian. Why? Why Julian? What makes Julian such a special spot for gazing into the heavens? That's a great question. Number one, we took two and a half years to look for this location because it had to have dark skies away from light pollution. We're about 60 miles away from San Diego and about 60 miles away from El Centro. And you can see the dome of light on either side, but we're in a nice little area where the, the skies are extremely dark, where you can actually see the Milky Way in the summertime overhead on the meridian and it's bright enough that it'll actually cast a shadow. So that's, you want to be away from the city. Number two, you want to have a nice laminar airflow, and we get that, a nice steady flow of air most of the time from the desert influence. We have about 80% of our nights observable. Right. We're also on, on the western part of the United States, uh, and that's uh, providing clean air, because the air that comes uh, off the ocean doesn't have the dirt and dust. Uh, so th for those reasons, this was the ideal spot. So I drove through the town of Julian, the, the, the downtown of Julian on my way here. And it's a really charming town. Lots of like, uh, it seems like it's like ap about apple pies and apple cider and beer. There's a brewery. Um, I'm sure that's part of the draw too, right? It's kind of nice to have a town like Julian right down the road. Right. So the town itself is a, a really nice town. It, it's a tourist town. It attracts a lot of people. It's probably one of the nicest mountain towns in California to come and visit with a lot of other attractions to enjoy. So we have the benefit of that. So we're walking into, it looks like about maybe 20 by 20 space. It's all painted black. 
it gives you like the aura of like an inner sanctum of astronomy, you know, hobbyists. It's like got photographs and posters of astrophotography. There are astronomy magazines in the corner over there. Uh, tons of huge telescopes that we're going to learn about, I'm sure. And it's just kind of a really cool place that, I mean, if you're into stargazing, this is a place you really have to see. Uh, I have a total of 11 telescopes okay. when you count all of them that are even piggyback. Okay. Uh, I have refractors, reflectors, and catadioptric systems. And they all have advantages. It's like saying, what's the best vehicle to buy? Well, <laughs> if you want to go off-road, you get a Jeep. Right. If you want to go fast, you get a Ferrari. Right. Each vehicle has an advantage, and every telescope in here has an advantage, including a solar, a couple solar telescopes okay. that I can view the sun with. For, the, for instance, this is a 14-inch. That means that you're gathering light with a, a mirror and lens. Mm -hmm. It's a combination uh, that's 14 inches. It's like having the pupil of your eye, which is about maybe uh, 7 or 8 millimeters at best, 14 inches in diameter. Think about the advantage of what you can see. And this telescope is mounted on 2,500 pounds of concrete, as are two other ones in here that I primarily use, and um, made by Celestron up in Torrance, California. It, it's a great scope. Optically, it's fantastic. I can see back uh, billions of light years with it. Right. And these are telescopes that are mostly out of the reach of your everyday person, right? Even like a serious a, you know, astronomer uh, hobbyist. Most of these type of telescopes are owned by universities yeah. or even small countries. Right. And so we stand in this amazing observatory, something that kind of feels like it's straight out of the X-Files, and we talk. Talk about telescopes and the great brewery in nearby Julian and the best apple pie in town and about UFOs and the iron meteorite that Mike passes around to visitors. This is a guy who will talk to anyone about anything. The stars just bring that out in some folks. My thought is uh, God is the intelligence behind the laws of physics that allow the universe to function as we know it. God could be totally different than what we think. But I think there had to be some intelligence behind this. Thanks so much, Mike. Thank you, Sagittarius. The Observer Inn looks like a great place to stay, a bed and breakfast with a professional-grade observatory and a guide to the universe all in one. But we're continuing east, heading down into Borrego Springs and Anza Borrego Desert State Park. It's a steep descent as we leave the mountain forests of Julian for the parched stones of the desert floor, but we won't be roughing it. In 200 feet, you will arrive at your destination. Right, looks like we made it to La Casa del Zorro. Really beautiful kind of Spanish style stucco architecture. Let's go to check in. Hello. Hello. How are you? Doing well. How about yourself? I'm good. Just checking in. Okay, what's the last name? Last name's Johnson. Perfect, Mr. Johnson. I've never been to La Casa del Zorro before, so can you, t can you tell me a little bit about uh, what you have here? Our main hotel rooms where you'll be staying will be on these four buildings. They're on the south side of the property. Um, on the side of that, that would be the Stargazing Theater, a great place to see the stars. We are a dark sky community. One of the top reasons a lot of guests come out here to um, see the stars. That's why we're here. So. Oh, welcome. And then <laughs> we have exercise pool, lab pool, yoga studio, and fitness room. 
That's great. So you have multiple pools, a lot of activities. Yes. And this is like a little oasis in the middle of the desert. Correct. After a cat nap and a dip in the pool, this is a vacation, right? I am ready to start staring into infinity. I take a short drive from my hotel and I'm out in the open desert under the setting sun. The wind is blowing hard tonight, but about a dozen of us gather in the desert around a telescope for a two-hour program led by Dennis Mamana. You may remember Dennis from an earlier episode of the California Now podcast. We spoke to him then from our recording studio, but now he's in his element, addressing a group of visitors from around the world under a darkening sky. The program this evening is typically lasts about two hours. We're going to uh, talk a little bit about uh, the sky that we can see with our eyes, and then I'm going to tell you a little bit about the telescope itself. And then we're going to start looking at a few things very far away from the Earth, very far away from our solar system. Borrego Springs is a very small town. We are completely surrounded by the Anza Borrego Desert State Park. One of the few places, maybe the only place in the world that's like that. This town is completely surrounded. Another thing that's unique about Borrego Springs is we are an international dark sky community. That means that we have a dark sky relative to where we are located. Okay? Now we're in Southern California. We have a lot of lights in Southern California. But considering where we're located, we have a very, very dark sky. So we are still the only international dark sky community in California. So let me turn this around this way so you can see the back end of the scope. The computer system, and that's what the battery is at the bottom for, it's powering the electronics. The computer system allows the telescope to find objects in the sky now that I have programmed it properly. And it also, more importantly, it allows the telescope to compensate for the rotation of the Earth. Because the Earth is turning right now. You don't feel it, but it is. You're actually turning at 900 miles an hour at the moment. And when we have to, when the sky appears to move across from east to west, the telescope has to follow those objects. We're going to talk about uh, some of the star groupings that you can see and some of the things that are important about the stars before we start looking through the scope. The most famous star grouping of all is straight overhead right now, and that is seven stars that form what we call the Big Dipper. Now, in Great Britain, they call Almost it as cloud, fascinating as the sparkling America, stars we saw overhead is the collection of visitors who assembled here to gaze upward and learn about the heavens. It was a real international gathering, and during a brief lull on the program, I got to know some of the other tourists who joined me under the desert sky. Tell me where you're from and what brought you out here today. Uh, I'm from Northern California, okay. and I've been to the U.S. since 1981. And what brought you out to uh, see the stars tonight? Oh, uh, because I want to relive my childhood. When yeah. I was in Vietnam, um, I saw the sky like this, and I, it was very beautiful, uh, including the Milky Way. And since since then, I I moved away, and uh, I never saw it again. The, ga- the black hole at the center of our galaxy is only 33,000 light years. Can you tell me like where you're from and uh, what brought you out tonight? 
Uh, yes, um, so I'm from uh, Tempe, Arizona, and uh, we are here. With, uh, I'm, I'm here with my husband, uh, and it's his birthday trip, technically. <laughs> uh, we went to our honeymoon to Hawaii and uh, to experience stargazing in Mauna Kea, which is supposed to be in a greater altitude and more beautiful, but unfortunately, the weather gods were pissed or something. It, it was close when we went, <laughs> so we've been waiting for this opportunity to come over, and uh, we grabbed the opportunity, keeping his birthday as an occasion. What was your favorite part, do you think? Um, I think uh, I really enjoyed the constellation of uh, the Hercules constellation that we take a, uh, took a look at. The something. globular cluster uh -huh. of stars, it, yeah. That, that was the best part. That's great. Would you do it again? Definitely. <laughs> That's great. The stars that you see overhead are all like the sun. Now, some of them are bigger, some are smaller, some are hotter, some are cooler, some have different colors but they all work the same way as the sun. They're thermonuclear fusion reactors. And Sirius is one such star. Our star, the sun, is close to us. It's 93 million miles away, and so it looks big and bright. But imagine what, what, the, what it would look like if you could drag it farther away. It would get smaller and fainter until eventually it would look just like the stars you see up in the sky. Those stars are suns and they all have planetary systems going around them. Sirius is one of the closest stars to us. It is only 54 trillion miles away. 54 trillion, that is 54 followed by 12 zeros. That black hole that we've seen all those photos of, is that, do you know where that is, that in a certain constellation? I do, it's part of a galaxy called M87. And I'll tell you what I'm gonna do here tonight. I am going to show you the black hole. <laughs> that would be a good one. That would be good. I'm going to show you, I will show you M87. Now, it's going to be small, it's going to be faint. You won't see the black hole, of course, but you will see the galaxy. That's cool. You will see the galaxy inside of which this black hole resides. And that's kind of cool because everybody in, everybody's seen the black hole pictures. How many people have actually seen with their own eyes? the galaxy inside of which that black hole resides. And we do. Dennis programs the coordinates into his telescope. Its motor whirs to life, and the beam of a green laser pointer attached to the telescope sweeps across the desert sky. We line up and each take a look. There it is. As of this year, one of the most famous objects in the universe. It looks like a fuzzy ball of light against the pinpoint stars of our own galaxy, but we each know that at the center is a supermassive black hole where the light and mass of distant stars are absorbed and will never shine again. Seeing this black hole, or at least the galaxy where it resides, was just one of many highlights on our stargazing excursion. It's hard to imagine a better environment for learning about the cosmos, and after saying goodbye to Dennis, I head back to La Casa del Zorro and hit the hay. Remember, you'll always find links to all the people and places we mention on our website, visitcalifornia.com slash podcast. Coming up, we'll continue deeper into the desert landscape and meet the folks behind a unique nonprofit observatory. It's open to the public, and they even host sky parties.
I'm on a special road trip edition of the California Now podcast. I'm your host, Satirius Johnson. From Borrego Springs, I'll drive due east toward the Salton Sea and then north straight through Joshua Tree National Park. But along the way, we're going to stop at what can only be called a roadside attraction. It's called Galletta Meadows Estate, and there are these huge metal sculptures of everything from mastodons to dinosaurs. Um, I've heard a lot about this uh, roadside attraction, so you can see it from the road, and so I'm just going to pull over and uh, take a look at some of these giant sculptures. Those things were huge in all shades of rust outside in the desert sun. They're by the sculptor Ricardo Brissetta. It's the sort of place that demands a detour from your efficient route so you can spend a moment grabbing selfies and sending them off to friends and family. You can see some of mine and my crews on our website. But now it's time to get back in the car. My destination is the town of 29 Palms, and to get there, we'll drive right through Joshua Tree National Park. What can I say about Joshua Tree National Park? For severe desert beauty, it is remarkable. And in another episode, we'll spend lots more time talking about the plants and critters that make this place home. But I'm just passing through on my way to 29 Palms when I I see a car stopped at the edge of the road. It's a concerned motorist who has pulled over for what turns out to be the official California state reptile, a desert tortoise, is crossing Pinto Basin Road west to east. It's illegal to harm or harass this hefty turtle, so we gently help him on his way, snap a tortoise selfie, and continue on. So I'm here at the Sky's the Limit Observatory and Nature Center with Ann Congdon, who is president, and Daryl Shade, the head astronomer and botanist. And, you know, we've had an action-packed stargazing road trip over the last couple of days, and this is our last stop. So I'm really excited to see what you have going on here. Uh, you have the, uh, the back door to the observatory open. Why don't we take a step inside okay. and... Uh, Maybe you could tell me a little bit about uh, your observatory here, Sky's the Limit. Tell me about your organization. We began about 15 years ago to purchase the property. We had some advice from an astronomer at JPL, NASA, who looked at several sites and chose this one because of its proximity to the park. We will never have an obstructed sky to our southeast. Everything you see was either donated or built by volunteers. So we're a completely all-volunteer, nonprofit organization. And our mission is to provide uh, hands-on opportunities for learning about the desert, earth, and sky. That's really great. And also, being kind of on the edge of Joshua Tree, you must have very dark skies. We do, yes. Yeah, which is a great thing. Um, Who's your typical visitor? We have visitors from all over the world, Uh, mainly visitors that are here camping in Joshua Tree National Park. And we have a close relationship or partnership with the park. And the visitor center, three miles down the street, advertises our night sky parties. And so everyone that comes into the visitor center finds out what's going on on our Saturday evenings. Right. You mentioned so last night we had a star party, yeah, star which is party. you have which you do probably like on a monthly basis or something. We, we have them every weekend, actually, that the moon is not full. Oh. Um, so they're free public star parties. We start about an hour after sunset and go for a couple hours. And uh, people have so much fun and they're grateful. They're just very grateful to be able to see the sky. Uh, have you seen 
kind of like any kind of transformational experiences that people have uh, when it comes to, you know, viewing the cosmos through your telescope? I think the most incredible thing is to hear children when they look for the first time because they just, they're just blown away. They just, they love it. And I think they understand that they're looking at something so incredibly uh, impossible uh, and far away. What do you think? And we have adults that uh, are looking at these planets for the first time too. And they say, wow, that just doesn't look real. <laughs> right, it kind of looks fake. Yeah. Yeah. But, but we get those comments all the time about being, people coming from big cities and not being able to see the night sky like we do. And the most, the most amazing thing is they're all grateful. Everyone says thank you when they leave uh, looking at the telescope. It's, it really is very heartwarming. That's what keeps us going. <laughs> sure is. So, you know, the sun is about to set, and I was hoping to, you know, find a really great spot to watch the sunset. Do you guys have any recommendations? In the National Park, my favorite place is Keys View. I like anywhere in the park where there are Joshua trees. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about Keys View? What is, what is that? Um, it's not the highest point, but it seems no, like it's the highest the, point. No, it's not the highest point, but it's a point in the park where you can overlook the whole Coachella Valley. Oh. From Palm Springs to India, and you can see the Salton Sea from there, too. Wow, and you see the sun kind of setting over all of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds amazing. And you look across to the Santa Sinto Mountains and then to the west to the San Gorgonio Mountains. That sounds excellent. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Well, I think I got to get on my way before the I sun sets, so. right? Oh, thank you so much, <laughs> Anne. Well, really, really. This has been a pleasure. Thank you, Daryl. Nice to meet you. You're welcome. Thank you so Good much. To meet you. This is really cool. You have a really great organization here. So I set off to catch the sunset before it was too late. It's about a half-hour drive into the park to get to Key's View, but what's another half-hour to find the perfect spot to end my trip? And man, was it worth it. It's obvious why Anne and Daryl sent me here. You feel like you're on top of the world, with the Coachella Valley stretching out below and rugged mountains in every direction. And as the sun went down and the sky started turning beautiful shades of pink and orange, it gave me a moment to look back on my awesome SoCal stargazing road trip. From the Fleet Science Center in San Diego to the dark skies of 29 Palms and Borrego Springs, where I got to stare into the wonders of the universe, not to mention the delicious tacos I found along the way and the luxurious relaxation I got to enjoy at a desert oasis hotel, this was a road trip I'll never forget. And there you have it, our first ever road trip edition of California Now. This podcast is produced by Visit California. In our next episode, we'll drive along Highway 99 through the heart of the Central Valley. We'll begin in Bakersfield, stop for a spell in Fresno, and then work our way up to Lodi. There'll be fresh produce, fine wines, and country music. I'm your host, Satirius Johnson. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Please subscribe. And be sure to plan your own California road trip at visitcalifornia.com slash roadtrips. That's where you'll find detailed itinerary information for dozens of Golden State getaways, including the one we discussed today. And if you're in the market for a bit of inspiration, go to Amazon.com and track down a copy of California Road Trips, 50 Life-Changing Adventures. This high-end publication would look right at home on your coffee table and will get you dreaming about a drive across California in no time. We hope to see you soon.
After leaving La Casa del Zorro, I stopped in Galleta Meadows to marvel at the metal sculptures out there, a sort of drive-through museum in the middle of the desert. If you want to find out more about the man behind these fanciful creatures, Ricardo Bracetta, you're in luck. There's a great interview with him and some awesome footage of his sculptures on Visit California's website. You can find his story at visitcalifornia.com slash dream365tv.